Hello, everyone. In this podcast, we will be discussing sensitive topics such as sexual assault. It's important to take care of yourself while listening. Some suggestions are listening while you're in a healthy headspace or knowing who you can reach out to if you become upset. Our 24-7 helpline for crisis calls based out of Central Florida is 407-500-HEAL. By contacting the national hotline at 1-800-656-4673, you can get support and learn about your local resources. There's always someone ready to help. the Victim Service Center podcast. Here we sit down with professionals that serve survivors and victims of trauma or those who've experienced violence and have conversations about social issues. This week, we are talking about healing from romance scams. My name is Emily Mitchell. My pronouns are she, her, and I am the education coordinator at the Victim Service Center of Central Florida. With me today, I have returning Rebecca D'Antonio. Rebecca uses she, her pronouns and was the victim of a romance scam. Survivor turned advocate, she now shares her story to give a voice for those still voiceless while building awareness of this unconscionable crime. She strives to create change, to break the infrastructure that allows scammers to operate, to update laws for the changing times, and to create resources for victims and survivors to obtain the help they need so they can tell their own story and rebuild their lives. So Rebecca, thank you so much for coming back onto the podcast. We're happy to have you. Thank you for having me. Glad to be back. (laughs) Absolutely. And I also have Ruth Grover. Ruth uses she, her pronouns and resides in the United Kingdom. She has been a widow for 14 years. Her husband was a police officer, and when he died, Ruth became a target for romance fraudsters. She was shocked to discover scams that use manipulation and romance to steal money from anyone they can target. Scam Haters United is a resource to learn from, to see who they are using, and what they say and do. So thank you so, so much for being here today, Ruth. Thanks, Emily, and thank you for giving me this this opportunity. It's, it's, I like to talk about this because it needs to be out there. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And as just a brief introduction, previously we did have an episode on love fraud or romance scams where we provided kind of a general overview of this often, like Ruth suggested, overlooked and ignored issue. On it, we chatted about the financial and economic impact this can have on victims, as well as the intricate social engineering involved. We quickly realized this was a topic that deserved more time to discuss. So today we will be focusing more on the emotional impacts these scams can have on victims, ways we can be better supporters, red flags to look out for, and what healing can look like for survivors. So with that, Ruth, I hope that um, I could start off with you. Can you talk a little bit about Scam Haters United and the work that you do? 
We've been going for maybe around 10 years now, but I think eight sort of really seriously. Um, basically, I was a widow. Um, my husband died. And a couple of years later, I made a social media um, account and I put widow on there. You don't think about it. It's, it's not a nice word, but you put it on. And then I, I was contacted by lots of really strange people, as in four-star generals and engineers and things like this. Um, my husband was a police officer. I worked for the police. I wanted to look into it further. It's just the sort of person I am. And, and I discovered the phenomenon of romance scams. Um, I needed a place to warn because I felt as if I had this knowledge. I knew that if you were on Facebook um, and you were contacted by these pictures, it wasn't going to be the man in the pictures. So I needed a place so that I could put it out there, giving respect to the people who were used in the pictures too, um, and, and just a warning platform. And that is where the very basic Facebook page uh, started. I expanded it to Google simply because I wanted it to be searched. You know, if you were looking for something, if you were looking for a name or a telephone number, I want it to land on my warnings. And, you know, they moved to Instagram, so we had to. Um, and I discovered people watch videos. So we've got some little videos on, on YouTube as well. Just basically as many places that we can to try and get attention. And so what does Scam Haters United really offer to survivors and victims? We, talking. I know that sounds basic, um, but talk, we will give information out as well because it's very um, important that you give out the truth of what is happening and what you can do about it because we've got to be practical as well. So we have people who can come to us and they can say to us, I'm talking to this person. Can you tell me if it's a scam or not? And that's, I love that. I so much like them to come and ask. Um, we give reasons as to why it is. We're not gonna say, oh yes, he's fake, just block it. We'll give reasons as to why it is fake, what they are doing, you know, um, and, and just to be there. Now, sometimes you get somebody who will visit once. We'll answer the question, they go away and they, they have maybe a support net, network at home, they maybe have people that can talk to, but some people just don't. So when they go away, all sorts of questions pop back up again. So they need to come back and say, but he said this, but this happened, you know, but, and, and of course you're talking a lot of theft. You've, you're talking a lot of identity, a lot of information that the victims have given away to their scammer. And that, that, that information is going to be used. These are not benign people. These are quite wicked people. So any information is going to be used. We don't want them to start to get over the scams and find out, you know, they've got three credit cards in the net. So there's, there's quite a lot that we do that's practical. And sometimes we just talk about anything just to be there really just to be there for the person. And you see, we can answer the questions that they can't get anybody to answer in their home life. So that's what we try to do. That's incredible, Ruth. Thank you so much for all that you do and for um, 
investigating that and leaning into that, it sounds like your spirit really um, came out when it came to starting this. Oh, I got very angry. Yeah. I mean, I did. I think as well because I'm in England, and and of course, you know, the first four-star general in Texas. I just thought, excuse me, this is very strange, you know. So, yes, it's it's me. I look for things, um, but yeah, there's, there was a lot that I wanted to get over. Absolutely, and I also wanted to ask you too. It sounds like you grew not only from you know, social media, you started at Facebook, and now you're moving to Instagram and things like that. How has it also grown in members? Are there, um, has it kind of grown exponentially or anything? Yes, I mean, at first, it was just myself. And then somebody else who was a victim kept talking to me and offered to help. So I'm going back years and years. So there was two of us, and then there was three of us. And then, you know, you know, people have gone in and out since then because nobody, except me, nobody can stay around all the time. Um, so we've got maybe about 20, 20 something, 20 at the moment, um, lots of different uh, nationalities. Um, and and basically some of them are like me, where they just, they had the attempt on them, but they realised what it was. Some of them are victims um survivors who feel that they've got something to offer um they really don't want this to happen in that way to to others so we've got a few ladies which i think is very brave of them to be honest with you um who are survivors of scams and they put a lot of hours in talking to people that's amazing i think that that um, and we're going to talk a little bit more about like the process of healing and how it can look. Of course, it looks different for everyone, but um, that that is such an amazing resource, I think, for survivors and victims. Um, and Rebecca, I'd like to hear a little bit from you as how you found um, Scam Haters United. Well, I I actually can't take credit for that. I, I didn't find Scam Haters United. It was uh, people within my circle uh, that found Scam Haters United on my behalf uh, because I was in a very fragile state, uh, still trying to, to get my head around things. And of course, my social circle, those individuals in my core circle that you know kind of understood me as a person and understood where my frame of mind was, they were really smart because they didn't pretend to know like they you don't know what you don't know and and they didn't pretend to know they didn't pretend to have all the answers they didn't offer anything up right away you, you know you're not looking for a handout you're looking for a hand up and and they were not sure how best in my current circumstances in my current frame of mind how best to help me uh, so they actually found Scam Haters United and, and linked me up with them. And it was through Scam Haters United that I was actually able to understand that what actually happened to me was a scam and all the mechanics that go along with that. They, um, you, you know, there's something to be said when you, when you are surrounded by people, virtually or not, uh, that have been through something like you have, 
because they understand it on a level that other people cannot. And while this is a very public crime, it is also a very private crime uh, that is, is so much larger than just the loss of money. Uh, you lose your, your self-worth. Uh, you know, I, I had forgotten who I was because of how much of a narrative was built around me during my scam. And uh, these were people that understood, you know, how far I had fallen and helped me to sort of slowly, because uh, you have to do it very carefully and, and with intent uh, to, come, to come out of it. You know, it's not something that happens overnight there. You know, my scam was a couple of years ago. I still, there are days where I do still struggle. Um, it's, you know, healing is not one day, one week, you're all better. Like it, it is a lifelong process. It, you know, this is an experience that will never leave you. And they were able to help me to understand everything because you have to, as, as a someone who has been victimized in this way, you have to deal with everything all at the same time. Uh, and it's, I don't need to tell anyone on this call, it's not an easy process trying to rebuild your life while understanding what happened to you while trying to process everything that comes with what happened to you. Like it, it's all at once and it's all encompassing and, and Scam Haters United was key to help me sort of peel back the layers uh, of what I needed to do and how I needed to do it. And I mean, it was not like I woke up one day and said, I'm gonna, you know, recover from this and become an advocate. No, <laughs> didn't happen that way at all. <laughs> Absolutely. And I just wanna thank you once again, as well as the other people part of Scam Haters United, just sharing your story and being so open about it it really does feel like we are pulling this curtain back of, of um, and seeing just like the Wizard of Oz, right? Seeing what's really behind there. And, and it could be really destabilizing even as just someone on the outside kind of learning about this particular crime. And you, and you were talking a little bit about how last time we did mention about the financial and economic impacts. Um, and you were starting to kind of talk about the psychological and emotional impact scams can have on someone. So I didn't know if you, Ruth, wanted to talk about some of the survivors and the emotions that they shared, or um, if you wanted to expand more on that, Rebecca, as well. The, the, everybody's different. And, and, you know, some people will come and talk to us once and go away and process it. And we hope be okay. Um, some people will, will come back and back. Um, I, I, I do often say to people, you know, tell me the story of what happened as if you were telling, as if somebody was telling the same story to you. Because many people realise that if their friend was, talk, was telling the same story to them, they would say, look, I don't think this is right. I think this, you know, I think this might be fake. Where, as Rebecca will testify, um, the scam is complete control. You are not just contacted three times a day, you know, hello, honey. It is complete control. So you are taken along by an exterior force all the time so that they keep the control 
of you. And they're basically controlling your life because they want to control what you think. You, you're not allowed to think for yourself because you might come out of it. Um, so basically, you, you talk to people. We give them advice, uh, quite practical advice if we can, because it's okay talking, but if, if the, the scammer has got um, credit card details, bank account details, social security number, they might have a copy of their ID, um, bank account, you know, everything. So that's got to be addressed because if we just talk to them and let that slide, they're going to use the information. They've got the information to use. It, it's, it's there to inflict damage, you know. So we've got to do a little few practical things as well, which I think helps ground people a little bit. You know, it sort of like gives, gives a practical side to it. But I have never known, a, I've never ever known a victim who has not said within the first few minutes, I feel so stupid. I feel, I, I'm, I'm just stupid. How did I fall for this? Because the first thing that they do is they want to, they want to blame themselves because they've done it. You know, I mean, they've gone along with this. And that is so self-destructive because they are the last people that they should be blaming. You know, there's a, there's a reason why this has happened. You know, you have not done it to yourself and you get people who trust. Trust's a very big thing. And people trust in real life and they're very nice people because of it. And that's fine. But trusting online means that people can take advantage of you because you're never going to question. So basic, I mean, basically, it happens to you because you would never do this to anybody else. So why do you think anybody's going to do it to you? And in such an involved way, you know, these scams are really deep and really involved. So um, to the, the, the victim, um, and I'm not against the word victim, people are survivors, yes, but I'm not against the word victim to start with because a victim to me means somebody's done something bad to you. You haven't done it to yourself. Somebody's done something bad to you. Um, and so, yeah, it's just it's just starting from the beginning, trying to keep them grounded a little bit and then let them talk and let them realise what's happened. Because then, you know, you, you can you can often hear minds changing. You can often, well, yes, of course, he said this and he said this. And, well, you know, there were times I thought this was a bit strange. But he talked them round. Um, so, yeah, there's it's talking, basically. Talking and listening. Yeah, it sounds like it can have such, um, it can be really difficult to, when we talk about trauma, there's so many different reactions to it that they're all very normal, right? And it can include things like um, when we think of sexual trauma too, we could think of loss of trust, think of self-esteem. Um, one of them is denial. And I think that that would be a really difficult one um, for this kind of crime, right? I mean, because of the social engineering aspect to it. Um, the control that you were mentioning, it really sounds very 
similar to an abusive relationship, really, this power and control. It's an abusive relationship. It's just an abusive relationship of a different kind. You know, there are, there are times where I get feedback where people, you know, online will be like, oh, well, you know, they didn't steal your money. You gave it to them. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not denying the fact I gave it to them. That yeah. was part of the mechanics of the scheme. But that doesn't mean that, you know, I was built a narrative. You know, I was built a lie. I gave that money based on a lie. And that is stealing, you know. Well, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be fraud if you just give it away. You, right. you lost that money because fraud. You were told lies, which is fraud, which made you want to help them, which made you give that money. Yep. Which is consent, right? Consent is about being well-informed. If it's not well-informed, it's not consent. And therefore, yeah, exactly what you were saying, Ruth. It's it's obviously fraud. Yeah. Information is, is also currency. Like Ruth was saying, like, it's it's not always about the money. And I hear from people all the time, oh, that would never happen to me because I don't have any money for them to take. You have information for them to take. You have assets, you have the ability to take out loans and, and other actions. You, you have just by your mere existence and your trusting nature, uh, your prime target to become a money mule uh, because you're not actually giving over money uh, being a money mule necessarily. What you're giving over is access. You're, you're, you're giving over that conduit which allows them to launder that money. Um, so, so it's not just about whether or not you have wealth, uh, to, to give away under a narrative or not. It's you have, there is so much more to you that they can exploit, uh, in so many different ways on so many different levels that you don't have money. Okay. <laughs> you can be useful. That makes you safe. No, it does not make you safe. No. Not at all. Yeah, we're really getting into some of the myths here um, that I wanted to kind of talk about as well. Um, were there any other like emotional or psychological um, impacts that you wanted to uplift, Rebecca, that you want listeners to kind of understand what it could feel like to um, as, as perhaps like prospective supporters to understand what it can be like? Well, when it, by the time my my scamming was concluding. I was at rock bottom, which was a stark contrast to where I had begun my scam, where I was on like this great high of life and, and you know everything was going great. So why not a romantic relationship go, you know, in the same direction? Uh, so I was at rock bottom and I ended up being uh, becoming suicidal uh, because I, I mean, it was such an emotional and psychological, financial, basically any, you know, characterization you can put on it. I had completely forgotten who I was pre-scam because you get caught up in the motions, you know, and you stop questioning, you stop thinking, you, you end up in like this brain fog of just actions. You know, like, oh, I'm not, I, you know, I'm not going to have this conversation with them again. I'll just, you know, you, you end up just almost robotic in a way, which is one reason why it's very hard uh, to sort of, from a psychological standpoint, extract 
a victim from their skin because it's so much, you know, ending uh, contact with your scammers is both the easiest and hardest part of the entire thing. You know, once that's done, that's when the real work begins. And, um, you know, I, I was suicidal. I didn't know, I didn't know what to do. I couldn't see over the top of everything. So it's really, really important. And you cannot downplay the role of, you know, having good, solid people in your life that you know, and that know you, because it was, for me, I was lucky because not everybody has that. And, and friends and family really need to understand that they, they are pivotal to recovery because it is literally the uh, difference between recovering and not recovering. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those, um, one of the biggest things that victims fear, and there's a lot of irrational fear and rational fear, both that is just enveloped in this entire thing. They, they fear the judgment. I mean, and they fear being singled out in that judgment. So one of the smartest things my, my friends could have done was not to make it about me. And uh, the best thing they could have done, knowing me as a person, was to just repeat the mantra this is not your fault. Yeah. You know, they, they didn't know what to do. So they got me the resources for the people that knew what to do, which was like the next step. Uh, but uh, the worst thing you could probably do as a friend or family member is to react negatively. Yeah. You, they, you know, you have to remember uh, that who this person is, because you're going to need to remind them. You need to approach the entire process as a friend or family member from a place of empathy. That's hugely, hugely important because if, if you're not going to do that, you need to, to have others step up that are able to do that. And you have to be willing to step back to let those others step up. And, you know, cause it's, it's an adjustment uh, of digestion for friends and family members as well. I can't imagine that it was easy for my, my friends, my core group to, to process that this had happened to me. Uh, it's interesting because, um, it, what came out fairly recently, uh, the Netflix series, The Tinder Swindler. Uh, I, it, took me, it took me a minute to be able to have the strength to watch that. You know, it was an extreme case. I ended up having to take a break in the middle of it because there was a part where she was driving and she's like, if I just turn the wheel to a little bit to the left, like I understood what that felt like because I was there. And I ended up having to take a pause, go out on my back porch, have a large glass of wine and, and just sit for 20 minutes before I could go back to it. But imagine, you know, being a friend or, or, or family member having to digest uh, the things that have happened to someone you care about. You know, my friends had watched the Tinder Swindler before me 
And I, you know, immediately started getting calls and texts that they had just watched it and that they cried because it was a window for them in what I had gone through. I think as well, you know, Rebecca, that the, the people that you depend on, friends and family, you know, they knew you and they knew you very well before any of this happened. And you were the same person. Okay, things had happened to you. It was a trauma. Bad things had happened to you, but they've got to remember, and good people do remember, um, that, you know, they grew up with you or they've shared emotions with you. They just shared things over a glass of wine. And you're no different, you know? Um, they loved you before. So how, and I, I can't understand, and this may be criticizing uh, friends, some friends and family of, of people that we get. I can't understand um, people walking away from a victim because, you know, it might be the mother that brought you up. It might be the sister that you used to play with on a Christmas morning. So, and it, and it might be just the friend that you've had the glass of wine with, maybe being through school with. They are the same people. It's just this trauma's happened in the middle. And if they loved you then, they still love you. So they are the people that can be your rock. Well, I, I think part of the issue is that because friends and family members are outside of this trauma, yeah. uh, they, they, they don't understand the mechanics of a scam. They don't understand the mechanics behind this type of scam, the level of conditioning that yeah. happens to the victim. And it's not that, you know, friends and family members aren't saying, oh, this is fake or, or you know, stop doing this and stop doing that. It's that they, they don't understand the conditioning aspect because when a, when a victim hears this, especially when they're still in the midst of their scam, what's the first thing that they do? I know because I, I kind of did it a little bit where they go back to their scammer you know, they don't, they don't realize the mechanics behind it, that it's a group yeah. of people and the whole structure. Yeah. Um, they go back to their scammer, their, their love interest, and they say, my friend or my so-and-so said that, you know, you're a scammer and that this is this and that is that. What's the scammer hears these things 24-7. They, yeah, they, are, they don't answer yeah. for everything. You are conditioned to be disarmed by them because they know what it is just to what to say to you so so oh honey no I get it no I could see why they would think that but that's not what this is you know and they what they do is they use that as a as a um a way to to make the victim withdraw further into the scam because like oh you know what don't listen to that person they don't know don't what they're talking them. don't tell them anymore I'll sort yep. it out when get to be with you and they'll love me yeah it's just incredible hearing more and more of how much social engineering and how much script is part of this oh, yeah. um, it's 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 just mind-boggling really I can see where a supporter or a loved one of someone can't just has to process it as well I mean it's something that we had no idea existed and I, I have not seen the tinder swindler but I hope that it brings more attention to this particular issue 
Well, one thing I will say about the Tinder swindler, and there are scammers that are face-to-face -face scammers, and, and you'll see yeah. that from that experience. That That is sort of an outlier to this phenomenon. It's, it's more often, uh, much more often, a faceless scam on the internet. It's not often somebody uh, that you meet in person that is basically whining and dining you using money from other scam victims in this sort of pyramid scheme. It, it didn't do us any good, the Tinder swindler, because well, for a while, and still occasionally, we, we, I think we've got to get anywhere from it now. Oh, it was him. It was definitely him. It wasn't somebody from across the world. Um, you know, it wasn't a West African criminal. It was definitely him. And because everybody wanted it to be the guy in the pictures. They love him and hate him in, in equal measure at the end. Um, yeah, and, and most of these scams are even more of a phenomenon because you've never met the person. Everything you have with, that, with your, your love is built up in your head. You haven't sat across a table with them. You haven't, you know, sort of, had a kiss and a cuddle on the sofa with him, you know, everything that you think about with this person that loves you and you love is built up in your head. And of course, you know, they know that when you're walking around the house or when you're walking at work, when you're doing anything else, you're thinking of them. So it's, oh, well, you know, when he gets here, we'll paint this room or I wonder, I've got a new dress. I wonder if he like this. So they know that you're going to take yourself further into the scam because you're building oh. him up to be real oh. in your head. Yeah, you, 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 they, they know how to build a narrative so that you envision something. And if you envision it long enough, yep. eventually yep. In, in your mind, it, it loses the vision, it becomes real, kind of takes on a life of its own. Uh, and you know, that's one of the things that makes this so, thing so hard from a psychological and emotional standpoint is because, you know, when you're coming out of your scam and you're trying to rebuild your life, you are, you have to process so much. I still to this day don't know how I was actually able to process it all. And, and I still have my days where I get angry and I still have my days where I, you know, get you know, there, you, you never know what your triggers are going to be in trauma. Uh, so it's important to know what, what are your go-tos when that happens, because it's, you know, it becomes about self-care. Uh, and so, um, yeah, the, when you're coming out of your scam, you, you're mourning a lot. You're mourning the, the loss of a relationship. You're mourning the, the future that you had for yourself and this person. You, it, you know, it just, it is a vast array of things that you, you end up having to battle in some ways yourself to regain uh, because it's not just about the external factors of everything that you have to deal with. You know, I lost a future with this person. Yeah. I lost a future with this person's son. I, I lost this relationship. I uh, I lost me in it all, and and it you know, and I think that that probably happens to, to victims more than they'll admit. 
is just how much they lose themselves. But it's a bereavement, Rebecca, isn't it? It's a bereavement. It's a bereavement times a zillion because um, if you have a bereavement, I had a, an awful bereavement because he was very, very ill for a very long time. So I watched him die. Now, mm -hmm. that's that wasn't easy, but I'd had years with him. I'd had a lot of, lot of time with him. We knew each other very well. We were with each other every day. So when he actually died, I missed him because there was a great big hole in my life. All of a sudden, the house was empty, you know. But at the end of a scam, there's a bereavement because you're never going to see him. You're never going to see him again. He's not going to walk in the door again. But wait, he's never walked in the door. Mm -hmm. So that makes it even more unrealistic to try and get your head to process what you think you had shared with this person you suddenly realize that you didn't and it's not going to happen and when you mentioned about his son that was a whole life that you had spun for yourself I mean he'd you know fan the flames but you know what I mean you had had, had that in your life so there's a, there's a double bereavement because everything was taken from you and it's a big slap in the face. And the details are granular because, you know, we we talked about a lot of things. Uh, it wasn't just about future plans. Like we were recommending musical artists to each yeah. other to read. Like everything is very granular. And and to this day, like there there's there's like a handful of musical artists that I that he recommended to me that probably would have never crossed my path that I, I like them. But I I can't I have a hard time listening to yeah so um, yeah no it's it's so and and that's one easy way for it to you know become all the more ingrained is that just everything is so granular and you know I hear people refer to to individuals that do this uh, as being like rats and vermin you know and and roaches and vermin and what and they're not wrong. I happen to take a different take on it. I call them locusts yeah. because yes. locusts will, you know, are there to consume every resource and then they move on. Mm. So, and that, that's very much what a scammer does is they take, yeah. you know, they're there, they take every possible resource they can from you, uh, not just money as we've discussed. Um, and then they move on. Yeah, I think that, paints a really clear picture and I appreciate you both highlighting some of uh, what that could look like for a lot of survivors and victims. Um, I'd like to shift now, and we were talking a little bit about it, about what the healing process can look like. So Bruce, with the work that you do, what you've worked with um, different amazing victims and survivors through Scam Haters United, what have you found could the healing process look like? As I say, you've got to talk to people very carefully because everybody's going to heal different. Um, if you think about the scams and addiction, so they've had something in their life that every day they've looked forward to having their next fix. That next fix might be getting up in the morning and having a message there from him, having a chat with him during the day, as Rebecca said, talking about anything or nothing. Um, so there's, there's been that addiction. Um, the high, when, when your phone goes and there's a text from him, there's a big high when that happens. 
Um, and then if you don't hear from him for two or three days, it's what's happened, you know. So, so you, you're waiting for the, for the next thing. So you've got to um, wean somebody off the dependence of the attention of the scammer. And that can be very, very difficult. And it's different for different people. I mean, luckily, some people do have um, people in their lives they can go to. And, you know, very often we will nudge them to, to confide in somebody. And they'd say, no, no, I can't tell them, I can't tell them. And then they'd come back and say, well, I did have a good talk to my friend. And she was really good. And, and, and that helps. Um, and it is just trying to make sense of it because it, this is a crime that does not make sense. You know, in black and white, talking about it, it makes no sense at all because we're just talking about it, talking about emotions. You can talk about them, but you can't feel them. They have felt all these emotions. So you've got to take it slowly and just ease them away from, you know, from it and get, get them to realise and look back at the way they've been manipulated because they are manipulated. Totally, and and you know, stand them back on their own two feet, um, because there's got to be a lot of bravery. You know, I I I am very fond of saying to women right now, now's the time to get your big girl pants on, and if he comes back to you, I want you to be brave enough to not talk to him, because of course they they will they will test your attention. They'll leave you a few days, then they'll send try and phone you they'll send you a text or something like that and if you pick the phone up and tell him where to go you can swear at him as much as you like that's fine he's won because he's learned that he can get your attention so even though you've not been very nice to him he can still get your attention if you can have the uh, courage to completely blank that call to completely not give him any attention if they come back that is said they will come back oh, they they will come. it's lifelong like there is a file on me out there somewhere yep. around with all my details and the details of my scam every once in a while i'll get a a an email you know mm -hmm. from from someone pretending to be you know the the group that scammed me could even be the same group just trying to send out those feelers they're waiting they're waiting for you to reach back that is that is the goal it they don't care about whether or not it's going to uh attention is attention positive or negative think about it a toddler it's the same thing toddler you know wants that attention they're going to do everything they possibly can to get that attention they don't care if it's positive or negative it's still your eyes are on them yeah they they've won, won. If, you, if you answer them and you, you talk back to them they have won because they've picked you up again and that's why we've and, and of course it's human nature isn't it you get you've, you've been through this awful trauma you've been through this awful experience and you look at your phone and think they're back again how dare they you know, and, and it's it's your name. It's just you want to swear at them and shout at them and, and tell them. And so to get people to, you know, we, we, we I, I say it sounds very passive. Ignore them. Well, but I mean, it, it's, 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 yeah. it's 
humanity in us. We are emotional and social creatures, point blank, period. Yeah. Uh, and it is just, it's, it's unfortunate that they know how to use that human nature against uh, a victim or a potential victim. But it's also, it's also very, very important for people to know that the people that are carrying out these scams have no emotions whatsoever. They have no compassion. They have no, they keep saying, oh, well, you know, um, I mean, the, the confession to being, you know, the Nigerian is common. Well, as I was talking to you, I fell in love with you. And I really just want to be friends with you. And, and I don't want to lose you. That is a scripted as, you know, love your baby and honey and you're beautiful, darling. My darling, my queen. <laughs> uh -huh. Oh, the my queen. Oh. They don't have... Uh, empathy and emotion like those what they put in front of you is entirely superficial what they do have is an agenda yes it's about it's a matter of where do you fit in that agenda and, 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 and the agenda is is um cold if you like it's completely it's completely cold it is to get more from you yeah and if they can use you for a little bit longer or a lot longer they will do that and this is what you've got to get over to people that if they do come back to you you've got to try and ignore them i'll say to them you know ignore him and then sit down and think of the steam coming out of his ears because it's better than you're you know you answering it more than if you were to respond yeah it is but yeah and and that it's it's hard to get people to do that because you're going against really what you because you want to revenge by this time you know um so yeah it's quite difficult to and I can understand why it's quite difficult to get people toughened up a little bit to be able to not answer them as they try um because they've got no feelings whatsoever not one ounce of compassion not one ounce of affection not anything they have no soft feelings at all you are a business transaction Oh, their motivations are very, very different. Uh, and I think it's important to point out that while we, we are focused on, on Nigerian scammers, basically what we're talking about, uh, this is a worldwide problem. Uh, it's not just in, in Africa, it's, it's all over. Africa just happens to be the number one uh, scammer capital of the world, if, if yeah. you will. They, they, they've, they've, they've brought it to the fore and they're the masters of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and and it, it is worth noting that the majority of them do come from there. You know, yeah. you know we, we've got them, the, I know ones that are in Italy that are taking in money. I know ones that are in my country that are taking in money. Thankfully, in one... In the US. Yeah, yeah. the, like, the, the one from Ghana yeah, yeah. Was, was arrested. Um, he come from Ghana, but he was in New Jersey and he got arrested there, which I was quite pleased about. Um, so, yes, they are everywhere but you've got to accept that they have no feelings whatsoever and there is no love in a romance scam i we had um a really lovely family and um a, an english family over last weekend and the lady got herself into so much of a mess she did take her own life and they were trying to sort things out and her phone rang and it was her scammer and her son answered the phone. 
and he yelled down the phone uh, that the scammer was a murderer and the scammer laughed. And, you know, the son said that hurt more than anything else. The scammer yeah. just laughed. And that, to me, is the biggest illustration of the difference in romance and scam. Mm -hmm. Because it is cold, hard theft to them. That's it. Cold, hard you theft. Know, in my own experience, Ruth, you know this, Emily, you know this now, that when, when my scamming ended and I was suicidal, it's not like I didn't say to Matthew, you know, I'm, I'm really struggling. This is where my mind's at. I'm, I'm going to do this. And the cold and indifference in his voice, well, you have to do what you have to do in response. I that. That's something that I will carry with me for the rest of yeah. my life. And it's interesting because I do, um, you know, interviews and talks and, and all the time. And, um, you know, I'll sometimes get, get feedback where they're like, why do you, why do you talk about this? Like, you know, this Matthew is a real person. And, and there's two basic reasons for this. And, and I think every, every victim and survivor can share this to some extent is a, he existed for me. For a period of time that's that's one but the second thing is i need to contextualize it for your brain yes. i know it's a group of scammers i have since been very educated in the entire thing you're you're new to this so what i'm trying to do is to help your brain understand that this was the narrative this was the tunnel vision that yeah. was built for me uh, you know, I could, it's easier for me to, to talk about these people in the singular, at least to begin yeah. before I introduce the fact that it's actually a group of people behind yeah. it. And that must be really difficult too, to be, you know, as part of the healing process. I remember us talking about this for our, when we were planning this episode, how once the person realizes what has happened to them looking back at the relationship, quote unquote, um, with a new lens. That must be very destabilizing. And Rebecca, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about kind of your healing journey. I know that we talked on the previous episode of your, your amazing support system and your friends that were there for you. But after that, kind of what did it look like? And, and what was it like looking back um, what, what was empowering for you? And then Ruth, if you want to share anything as well. Well, it was, um, it was a brain bleep, if you will, you know, trying to wrap my mind around the fact that it was a group, group of people, uh, not just a singular person. Um, and, and there was a lot for me to unpack for that. And, and it took a while. Um, I'm a very, uh, you know, this was an extreme negative in my life. It was probably, I would say unequivocally, the darkest period of my life. It is not the only uh, adversity I've had to overcome. Uh, so really my friends reminding me of who I was pre-scam was key. 
and I had to take things and break them down into digestible bites, into digestible action. It, first and foremost, even before I could really touch the psychological end of things, I needed to break myself from my current situation at the time. I needed to, to move past that because I had real world consequences that, I, that needed to be dealt with. And my friends, as awesome as they were, and they are awesome, I, I, I love them to pieces. They are family to me. They always have been. And, and that is even more cemented now through this somewhat shared experience. Um, I had to file for bankruptcy. So I had to, you know, focus on that process, which has, of course, its own stigmas to it. And the thing about filing for bankruptcy is it's not, it, it is meant to be the reset button, but it, it, they also make the process so convoluted and with so much red tape that it's, it, it doesn't feel at all like it's a reset button. And it's a huge process. So there was there was that piece. I was being evicted from my apartment. So that meant that I had to have some really difficult conversations uh, with people that were outside of my core group social circle right away, um, which just blew up the, the thing into a whole new dynamic, uh, you know, it's not easy to, to go to your landlord and be like, hey, uh, so something happened. I realize you are owed this money. I want to get you this money. It's going to take me some time. Please, practically begging, do not evict me. Uh, you know, do, do, not, do not put those cards on the table. Um, and... While I didn't have to go into specifics with my landlord, thank God, because I don't think I could have handled it that way. Um, they basically said to me, you've got one shot. And that was entirely because of our history of my being a good tenant. You know, you, you've got one shot. If you are late with the rent, even by one day, you know, this is done and you're out. So, so you know, it, it was a lot, a lot of practical steps I had to take, even from the very beginning. And it was a lot of practical steps I had to take on my own. Um, but it's important to sort of break it down into digestible bites and so that you know what steps you have to take and just take the first one. And then they'll all kind of, you know, they, it creates its own path. Um, so, so that, you know, that all those, all these things happening at the same time, you know, took some time to, to put myself on a, on a better footing from where I was uh, before I could even tackle it psychologically. When I was finally able to tackle it uh, from that angle, I found, and I, I think Ruth will attest to this because she was, you know, key to this process. I, I had, a, as most victims do, a lot of pent up on the inside. Um, this was an extreme negative in my life, probably one of the most negative experiences I've ever had. Uh, hopefully, 
will ever have. You know, I'm very guarded now. So um, I had, I, there was a lot of anger and, and um, a lot of sadness and just all, just all this really, I guess, energy just rolling around inside me. And I needed to do something with that. I mean, it wasn't enough just to take the practical steps to start the rebuilding of my life. Like I needed, I couldn't go after the people that I wanted to go after because in a very real sense, they didn't exist or they were beyond my reach. And I needed to do something with all that. I needed to give what was an absolute extreme negative in my life purpose. I needed to give it a reason for happening. And that's when I sort of started to pivot toward the road of advocacy because I didn't want to see anyone have to go through anything that I had to go through in whole or in part. And, you know, the catalyst that started it all was because I didn't know romance scamming was even a thing. Yeah. So, so that, that was, that was the square one for that was to be like, all right, um, I'm not really looking to be the face of this thing, but there's no resources, there's no literature, there's no anything uh, really for me to, to draw upon. So I'm going to, ha- I guess I'm going to have to be the one to create those things and create those safe spaces. And, you know, if I have to be the first of, of what I hope to one day be many to come forward, then then that's just what I'm gonna have to do. And here we are. Absolutely, that's, and that's incredible. And, and a lot of what you were sharing, Rebecca, is very similar to survivors of, you know, sexual violence, you know, when we talk about trauma, it's important that the person is in a safe place to start the healing process. So what you were explaining as far as making sure that your needs were met as far as safety in a home and things like that. And then from there, kind of starting the process. And then it's, it's amazing that you were able to also not only be on that kind of thrive and become this advocate, um, so thank you for all that you do. And Ruth, I, I was wondering, do you have any success stories that you wanted to share? Any case studies of survivors who, um, like Rebecca, have uh, healed from, from this trauma? We've got a very lovely um, person who um, works with us now. And um, she was in, in pieces. She was destroyed, as everybody is. Um, and it, it took us, it took her a long time to come to us and work with us um, because she had a lot of working out to do. She's, you know, and then she showed me the other day um, her workspace in, in, in her room and she's got a computer in the middle. She's got an iPad here. And then the wall is covered in pictures because she said, I wanted to learn all the names that they use because I didn't want to let you down. And it, and it was just, she wanted to throw herself into it so much that she wanted crash course in it really she wanted to learn so much because she'd been able to finally admit that she had put it behind her not the experience not the trauma not how it will affect her forever but she was um she's put aside the fact that 
it happened and it will never happen to her again. Um, and and she's, she's amazing, absolutely amazing. Um, and she does a, a wonderful job. I remember, I don't know whether you remember, sadly, she died, she's, she's died of cancer. But um, when she first came to us, so I went through everything with her and I was trying to explain to her what had happened to her. And, and I thought she got it. I really thought she got it. And then she said to me, do you know the one thing that I can, I can hold on to, she said, um, is the fact that I've got an agreement. I've got a loan agreement with him. Now, she'd lost hundreds of thousands to this scammer. And she said, but I've got a loan agreement with her. And I thought, oh, no. I said, Wilma, he was never real. The circumstances were never real. The lawyer was never real. And the loan agreement does not exist. So she then had to face the fact that not one penny of this was going to come back. And it, and it, was, it was like she put that in the back of her mind. She, she grieved her, and it was a lovely man, age-appropriate man that they'd used on her. Really, really nice man, Tony Barrow. Um, and and she, she'd accepted the fact that she'd lost this man that she was never going to have you know, have him. But in the back of her mind, she was going to get her money back because she had, so she couldn't really grasp that it was, at first, that it was all fake, that it was nothing, no part of it was real. So her, um, her loan agreement, well, of course you can make a loan agreement if you're not going to give the money back and you're never going to, you know, turn up. And, and Wilma, again, was somebody who came to work with us and, um, she was very good because, you know, if you've got somebody in, in a language where you get a victim, uh, okay, we use Google Translate, but it's always better if you've got somebody that's, that's speaking that language. At the moment, we've got, again, we've got um, a lady and she's a victim and she stepped up and, and she, and, and then the best thing about this, Emily, is we know they're not going to go back. We know that they've grasped it completely. They've been devastated. They've got big holes in their life. They've got anger. But they're turning that anger into energy because they want, they know what can happen to somebody. So they want to, to give of themselves to try and help other people that it doesn't go as far as it did with them. And, and they are the people that I really admire. I don't know whether I would be as strong, if I'd lost a lot of money, I don't know whether I would be as strong as they are to, you know, to, to talk to other people. But sometimes, you know, at the end of the night, we, we, we've got a little chat group that we really need because we had two suicides last week and it was difficult. It was really, you know, two in a week. We get them every now and again, but two in a week. Um, and that really takes it out of you. Um, and at the moment, when I go back here, I've got a gentleman in Spain who, whose wife has walked out of him and his three children for her American soldier. So we've got to try and work that one out. I haven't spoken to the lady yet, but that's going to be a big, big, you know, there, there's four lives ruined because of this scam. Now, the the person who's going to care less about this is the ones that are actually doing the scamming.
But we get successes and... We get setbacks. Yeah, Sometimes do. it takes a little more time than others. Sometimes you've got to let them go back to them. They will go back and tell their scammer what you said. So, of course, it's I'm real, babe. Don't you listen to her. The, the amount of times I've been accused of trying to spoil somebody's happiness because I'm jealous. You know, I, I'm just a jealous old woman. I wanted him for myself. Um, and you've got to you've got to get over that. And all the ladies that I've, I've just been talk, talking about, um, they have got over it to the point where they can sort other people out in 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 kindness, in gentleness, in firmness, in everything that it takes. And it's very, very difficult. And the people that we have working with us, I just, I, I can't get over how much I admire them. And, you know, was in a long-term scam and she came into real danger um, from losing her house. Now, we'll sit on the phone with people on a video call or a voice call for as long as it takes to explain to the victim what is happening and she won't leave it. She's like a little dog. She won't leave it until she feels that she's she's got somewhere. She'll go back to it, you know. Um, but I greatly admire, and Rebecca knows that I admire her, that can get over it and can do something. Because that is, that is the biggest thing. You want to stop it. And, you know, it's like me. Because when I started Scam Heritage United, I was going to change the world. I was going to stop it all, you know. And then it's 10 times more now than it ever was when I started. Um, Pandemic didn't help. <laughs> no. Oh, what a gift that was, wasn't it? Um, the world situation with all the hallmarks of, you know, what a scam. Yeah. Well, yeah, they they done research on it and it's on in an all time high. And that's just the reported numbers. And we know it's very underreported. underreported. Well, if I if I can give you a little example, because we've got who's the next victim and and likes to keep a total. Now, when people come to us, um, we don't ask them how much they've lost. If they want to tell us, we will take a note of it, not who they are, but, you know, um we will take a note of it um now it's what where where are we 11th of may now just to my small campaigners united just to my small concern and only about 20 percent of people will tell us you know he got two hundred thousand dollars in eight months which was the lady last week um we're up to 42 million 42 million dollars that's just around 20 percent of the people that come to us and they've told us how much so so if we've got up to 42 million how much money is going it's mind-blowing it's it's mind-boggling yeah that's i didn't think so much money existed and that's all going to scammers wow yeah incredible um you know i i was hoping we could also talk a little bit about from a prevention standpoint some yeah. of the red flags um, that you were you were mentioning, some of the survivors that that work with you, um, they're they're easily able to pick out things now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what are some of those red flags that either individuals who may be experiencing a scam, um, or you know, supporters of those people who 
are starting to feel like mm, something seems kind of wrong here. What are some of those red flags that we can look out for? If it seems too good to be true, then it is. Um, That's the overarching. Uh, it is. Advice. Yeah. And, and, you know, usually they fall in love pretty quickly. Um, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they'll wait a little while. But they are over fond pretty quickly. You know, um, if they are so attentive and start to talk about the future and start calling you endemons, a little thing is that they will hunt because it is hunting on Facebook, Instagram, Words with Friends, Fitbit app, which always gets to me, um, TikTok, all the regular places. And then they'll take the victims to a chat app. So they've got WhatsApp, they've got Hangouts, they've got Telegram. So the they centralise the victims on these places so that they can scam maybe 100 women uh, at one time. So that gets the honey, the babe, my queen, which is because they don't want to get the names mixed up and they don't want to forget who they're talking to because they might be talking to half a dozen at the same time. So then you get the endearments. So that's something to look out for. If they want you to go to a chat app, why? If you're on Facebook, you can talk on Facebook, you know. And another thing is, and, it, and it's very, very true, that men are not looking for women on Facebook. And also, on Instagram, you know, and also you get many of them who will say things like, I'm looking for my soulmate. He's about 25 and, you know, he could go into any bar and pick any amount of soulmates. Um, and what happens online, people get very friendly online. And yes, there is online dating. I'm not going to say anything against that. But um, if there's over-familiarity too quickly, if there is an assumption that, well, when I come back, we're going to get married, if they will not do a video call, and a video, this is a video call, when Rebecca can talk, you can talk, Emily, I can talk, um, when Rebecca talks, I can see her mouth move. You can see my mouth move. Yeah, she can do all sorts of silly things. Um, <laughs> now, they will say they can't do a video chat because of security. It can be on a secret mission in the wilds of wherever. Your camera's broken. Yeah, the camera's broken. Who's got a broken camera? Well, get your friends and, and you know, do it with them. It's hard to say to people, keep it a level head because they don't but with if you've got a friend who is starting to act a bit secretive who's maybe looking at the phone a little bit more than they usually do who might be going out the room if you're there um just keep an eye on people and what i will say and we get this every year is if you buy grandma or a great auntie Maud. Um, a tablet for Christmas, by the end of January, she's probably going to be sending iTunes cards to the love of her life. Because if you go on, I don't know, Grandma Funnies USA, any, any of the pages that are on Facebook or Instagram, the US Army and say, you know, that's for your service. You'll get 25 friend requests. Um, and so if you've got somebody who's 72 
and living on their own, but you've bought them a tablet so that you can keep in touch with them. Um, then they are wide open to other people keeping in touch with them as well. So try and just keep a little eye on changes in behaviour of people. Because if there is a change of behaviour, it could be something they're hiding. Because not everybody, and I find hardly anybody, to be honest, shares very quickly what's happening to them. They'll keep it to themselves. And it can have, it can have gone quite a long way by the time family and friends actually realise that there is something going on. So it's just, especially if it's an older person, um, just keep watch. You can't say to them, well, you're 72, get off the internet. <laughs> You've given them the tablet, you know. Um, but there's danger. And there is a lot more danger than anybody realises because there are predators on the internet. And we know a lot of women who are in a relationship with General Austin Scott Miller or General Mark Milley. And they're very flattered that these, um, these big generals are, you know, talking to them. And then, of course, you know what it's like. I'm in Afghanistan. They're still in Afghanistan. Um, when I come home, we're going to get married. So all of a sudden, there's the future. They've got, they've got the victim. And it's very hard. It's very hard on the family to recognise it. But just please, if you've got anyone that's maybe living on their own or in a relationship that's not very happy, you know, because if we've got lots of, of men and women, they might have been married 40 years and he's never looked at them the last 20 years or he just sits there and reads and, you know, there's no love there and affection. And then they've got this wonderful person that's coming to them on text telling them how lovely they are how beautiful they are how much they enjoy being with them they, they look yeah. for that need to exploit yeah. they look for that hook that's going to make you send the money uh you know i would i would only add that i was scammed off a dating site yeah. so if you're looking for a romantic relationship you know dating sites is not a safety net no. you know away from this in fact it, it runs rampant on yeah. on romance and and dating sites yeah. um so so you know you want to be vigilant there too uh there are some home you know it's it's usually the same book but it may be packaged a little bit differently uh in my case my friends were all very aware that I was in this relationship. What they didn't know, what was entirely hidden, was the mm -hmm. financial dynamic. Yeah. Um, and and it was you know such that nobody really even questioned that they hadn't seen this guy in a year. Like I'd been dating this guy for a year, nobody ever saw him. Uh, so so you know work that one out. <laughs> um, you, you know it's just it it depends it. You know, it's where you also fit in the narrative, what you'll explain away to yourself. So, yeah. and, uh, and you know, a dating I, site is for a date. A dating yeah. site is to actually go for a coffee or, or a glass of wine with somebody. Now, if that person contacts you and they're already across the world, it's fake. 100% of the time, it's fake. What they might say is, 
um, I'm an engineer and I, I'm just 35 miles away. And then mm -hmm. just before that you're due to meet, oh, he gets a contract in China, he gets a contract in Turkey, so he's away. Um, and so if he does that, it's fake. And telling people to keep their feet on the ground right at the beginning is very, very hard because the men that they use are good-looking men. They use them for a purpose. You know, they're not going to use somebody that you walk past in the street. They use good-looking men and they use pretty words. Um, so, yeah, friends and family, just keep it... Friends and family, learn that it happens, accept it happens, and keep an eye on the people yeah. that you love. Because it can happen to anybody. And I, again, would like a dollar for everybody that comes to me and says, I just want to say I'm educated. I just want to say I'm an intelligent woman, and I didn't think this could happen mm -hmm. to me. And I'd be very rich. I'd be richer than a scammer if I had a dollar for everybody that said that. And it can literally happen to anyone. It depends how receptive you are on the day you get that first contact. Wow. I think that that is so important. Another myth to break down um, that, and, and that feeds into victim blaming, right? We, we talk a lot about like, why do people victim blame? And a lot of it is this false, um, you know, a sense of safety. If I don't do this, if I don't do that, I'll be protected. Um, so that's why I wanted to talk a little bit about the red flags because it can happen to anyone. Um, but let's say that, you know, with a few minutes that we have left together, you know, a loved one is seeing these red flags. Um, how could they go about, you know, talking to this person and how can they be good supporters for this person? Being interested, I think, don't you, Rebecca? Yeah, don't, not, not confrontational, just interested in what's happening to their loved one. And they'll, they'll, they'll soon find out if they're aware of romance scams, they'll soon realize what it is, but gently, gently at first. It's tough because you go in, you should go in generally knowing that, that if a person you know is in a romance scam, they're not necessarily going to be receptive to the idea. No when they're presented, oh, it's a scam. So yeah. that's why we say you need to do it very gently, non-confrontational, non-judgmental, um, because the hallmark is they're just gonna go back to their scammer and the scammer is going to be like, oh no, that's not the case. Don't listen to this person and further isolate their victim into the narrative, uh, which is exactly what you don't want. Um, yeah just I would say just just act very gingerly like yeah. you know and you know and, and interested you know I'm you know be interested in him interested in in knowing more and if you do it in a non-judgmental way with luck the victim is going to talk about him and because she'll feel that she's safe talking about him and then you know if you if anybody wants an outsider to come in because very often it's easier for an outsider like us to um to talk about it because you know we've got no emotional uh, axe to grind with anybody all we want is to get them out of the scam mm -hmm. you know and, and the, thing, the thing too to realize is that when when you have someone pretending to be someone else they're going to be bringing people in and out of that narrative 
to validate their existence, to validate them. So, and, and that is, can be very affirming to the victim. Uh, oh, well, no, he, you know, yeah. this, uh, you know, I, I go back to my scammer. Oh, so-and-so said, oh, honey, that's not the case. You know, I, I'm, it's not like that. You know, I wouldn't listen to them here. I'll, I'll introduce you to my friend and they'll tell you that I'm, yeah. I'm the real person. Uh, so it's not just this sort of one way one to one thing yeah thing it's going to they will they will work that denial into the narrative to keep it going yeah and what are what are other helpful things for supporters you know i'm going back to the ending of my um healthy relationships training of how to help a friend and you were talking about isolation is it is it helpful for a supporter to kind of help that person get back into society and and away from the scammer maybe um you know encourage them to spend time with family and things like that just be there for them everybody's different some some people will be ready to go out quite quickly other people will not be other people might just want to have you round to their house for hours and just talk and talk and talk it out. If that's what they want, just let them. Because they, they then, you know, by talking about it, they're convincing themselves as well, which is very good. Um, just always be there for somebody. And, and everybody's different. As I say, it is an addiction. It's like getting somebody, um, getting somebody to stop drinking. You know, I've, I've, we've got a friend on here uh, and he always puts on so many days sober. And, and, you know, that's very much like a scam because this scam has been addicted. So, you know, celebrate the fact that they haven't talked to the scammer for three months. You know, um, you know, come on, you've done really well. Come on, let's go out to a wine, have a glass of wine or something like that. Let's go out and buy ourselves something. I like to tell people to go out treat themselves because people will uh deprive themselves to give money to the scammer so i think it's important to to be kind to yourself yeah yeah uh you know uh do something that brings you joy you know if you're feeling low if you're feeling triggered uh, once you've been excavated, because again, it's a very slow process and you're dealing with a lot uh, to be excavated and to excavate yourself from your circumstances, you know, do something that brings you joy. You know, what were the things that made you happy before this, this scam happened? Get back to those things. Yeah. To and do something re- for yourself. Yeah. Re- re- remember who you were. So that, so that you can become a better version of yourself to who you are. And because it does, it's it's an experience that's going to change you. And it's an experience that's going to be with you for the rest of your life. And it is going to, ha- there are going to be those moments where it's going to needle you, uh, particularly uh, yeah. times when the scammers are going to try and reestablish contact. Mm-hmm. That's that's going to be a low point for you. That's going to be a needle point for you. I, I remember when, one of the first times my scammers tried to reestablish contact. I was on my way into work. I decided to treat myself to a Starbucks coffee. I was waiting in line for my coffee and I got an email and my, my stomach literally 
lurched. Like I had a very physical response just by seeing that there was an email waiting for me from quote unquote Matthew. And, and that's, that's what it's like, you know, you're, you're going to have these unexpected yeah. moments. Uh, and, and, you know, the best thing you can do for yourself is process them as best you can be kind to yourself. You know, if, if, you know, you're in a particular rough spot and you find that music for you is soothing, throw on some of your favorite music, you know, it could be something very small, something very simple. Always be kind to yourself because mm -hmm. people who are scammed are the sort of people who are kind to everybody else. And, and they sort of don't think about being kind to themselves. Spoil yourself. Do something for yourself. I don't care whether it's a nice long bath with candles. You know, do something that makes you happy and do it for yourself. Self-care um, becomes so yeah. important. So because important. That's love then, isn't it? You're loving yeah. yourself. So you and, think and that, that should be number one. Yeah. Loving yourself should be number one, always. Yes. And and you know, the I get a you know, what would your be be your one piece of overarching advice? It's that love yourself enough to walk away. If yeah. a relationship is not working for you, whatever the circumstances they are, put yourself first. Because if you're the type of person that I am that likes to take care of everybody else and, you know, sort of views that as their function in life to some degree, you're not going to be able to take care of them if you're not taking care of yourself. So, uh, you know, whether or not it's a scam, if it's not working for you, in any, even in the smallest capacity, love yourself enough to walk away. I'd rather walk away from the right relationship and be wrong about it. Yeah. Then walk away, you not walk away from the wrong relationship and end up with. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that that is so important. I can't express enough the importance of self-care. Um, as a final thought, what are some of those resources out there, you know, um, for survivors and their loved ones? How can people get in contact with Scam Haters United and, and, uh, and other resources? We try to make it as easy as possible in the fact that, you know, we've got a Facebook page called Scam Haters United. We've got a, 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 an Instagram page called Scam Haters United. And there are people, on, you know, there's a little message button at the top and there are people on the end of that message button all the time. Um, email scamhatersunited at gmail.com. It's not manned 24 hours a day, but I'm there half a dozen times a day. Um, and, and, you know, basically don't be afraid to spill everything out. We, that's what we want. You know, we don't need to be reserved with us. We want you to, and, and don't be afraid of saying, yeah, yeah, don't be afraid of saying, yeah, we have, I, honestly, I don't think there's anything we haven't. Um, you know, don't be afraid of, a lot of people say, oh, I'm, look, I'm going to sound a fool saying this to you, but, you know, don't be afraid of that. Um, just say it. Just come to us and say, look, this is happening to me. And I'm starting to get some, some really strange vibes about it, um, you know. And also, I would always say, please believe us when we tell you 
because so many people go back to the scammer and he says, oh, no, it's that woman. She, she tells everybody that everybody's scammer. Um, so, yeah, so keep your mind open. Keep your mind open to us. But just come and talk. And also what we don't mind is people coming to us and I'm asking for a friend. My friend's talking to somebody and you know from the, the answers that they give that it's them because, you know, they've got in-depth knowledge of, of every little conversation. Um, that's fine. I, I don't care if you don't want to tell me the truth that it's you at first. Um, if we can just get involved in your scam and try and sort it out for you and we'll give you as much information that we possibly can and we're nice with it you know and I might get a bit cross with you and I might get a little bit well come on really you know you're going to have to listen <laughs> I don't say it like that but sometimes you've got to be a little bit firm with people because you know what scam boy is going to say to them as soon as they go back so we might be a little bit firm with you um, sometimes it needs a bit of tough love. But all we want is to get to people at a, uh, at a point before it gets far too far. And we, we, we get people, you know, met him last week. Um, we've been, I've been talking to him for a year and he's taken me to the cleaners and, you know, lovely lady. Um, and she said, I wish I'd found you out a long time ago. And we get that a lot as well. Um, but we don't judge. We do not judge you. I am not going to say, I'm not going to sit here and think, oh, God, another stupid woman. That's that's the opposite of what we say and what we think. We've been there. We've been there. We, we know what it's about. And we don't want to be judged for our situation. So why would we turn around and judge you for yours? Yeah. It's not, con it's not constructive. It's not helpful, you know, and, and, you know, and we, we do just, this and we, and we put a lot of our own time, all of us, we put a lot of our own time and Rebecca does as well into doing this. So why would we be judgmental to somebody? You know, why, why are we going to get cross with somebody? I just want, um, I just want people to come, be quite open and receptive and say, lay it out on the table and say, please, can you help me? This is happening to me. And we will explain what's happening. We will explain why what he's telling you is not real. We'll explain why you shouldn't be paying this money. And then we'll work with the victim to get them out of the scam. And, and I think it's important to, to say that we will give you the help you need in order to extricate yourself, but it's you yourself that is going to have to take these steps and you're going to have to take them consciously. Um, first thing we have uh, people do is to cut ties with their scammers. That's the yeah. first thing. Uh, and, and, um, Ruth, correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the things, at least in the Facebook group, when I, when I became a part of it, is we look at your friends list because if you if you have one scammer on your your friends list, you're not just opening yourself to liability; you're opening up others around you to that liability 
and and we want you know to keep people safe. It's about keeping you safe. It's about keeping others safe, and and uh, trying to make the problem not a problem anymore. Yeah. Because if you know, if you let somebody onto your Facebook friends list, the first thing that they are going to do is go through all the women on your friends list and contact them. Now, very often, you know, your, your friend down the road isn't going to tell you what I've heard from this man, but they will say, "Oh, look, I've got a I've got a request from James Onderman, who's on my screen at the moment." Um, oh, but he knows Rebecca, so yeah, I'll accept him because he knows Rebecca. He must be all right. You know, um, so we just want people to be more aware. And if we could just fly a banner from ev from the top of every building saying, be aware, strangers coming into your life, that might be too good to be true. You know, romance scams exist everywhere. Yeah, and you're not alone. And, and it's so great to know that there's amazing resources like Scam Haters United. Um, there's there's quite a few of them. No, there's other groups as well um and and you know everybody is working towards the same goal and that is getting people away uh so they don't lose themselves they don't lose the money they don't have this this massive thing in their life that's going to impact the rest of their life um you know we, we get divorces because of scammers we get people walking out of relationships because of long-term relationships because of scammers People leaving their children because of scammers. Leaving. Well, yes, I've got the Spanish one tonight. Yeah. Yeah. See, we see, we've seen it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and people like you know Ruth and Rebecca are ready to help whoever is listening that needs to reach out. I think that that's a wonderful place to kind of sign off here. So thank you so much for listening to the Victim Service Center podcast. The VSC is a nonprofit organization that provides free confidential counseling services for victims of any kind of trauma in Central Florida. To learn more about our services, please visit victimservicecenter.org. And to everyone listening, healing is not linear and you are not alone. And thank you, Ruth and Rebecca, so, so much for joining me today. Thank you for doing this, Emily. I'm very, very grateful. Yes, thank you.